Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 1st, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 11. We'll be starting with paragraph 2 for context and going through paragraph 2, 3, and 4. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Penny L.C., The 12 Traditions, Christine M. Reading the text today is Gina R., Mary H., and Sharon H. The reference numbers for yesterday, the 10 o'clock a.m. meeting, is 9668. That's Tuesday, February 28th, 9668. And for the 7 a.m. meeting, Tuesday, February 28th, is 9666. For the 7 a.m. meeting today, Wednesday, March 1st, 9672. 9672. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Penny L.C., to read the 12 steps. Star one, Penny L.C. Thank you, Melanie. This is Penny, a compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Penny Elsie. I will now ask Christine M. to read the 12 Traditions. Yes, hello, everyone. My name is Christine M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige avert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and other public media. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass, and thank you for letting me do service today. Thank you, Christine M., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 11, starting with paragraph 2 for context, and then focusing our discussion on paragraph 3 and 4. And I'll ask Gina R. to begin our study this morning. Thank you, Melanie. This is Gina R. May I be heard? Yes. Great. Gina R. in Colorado. The wars which had been fought, the burnings and chicanery that religious dispute had facilitated, made me sick. I honestly doubted whether, on balance, the religions of mankind had done any good. 
Judging from what I had seen in Europe and since, the power of God in human affairs was negligible. The Brotherhood of Man, a grim jest. If there was a devil, he seemed the boss universal, and he certainly had me. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. Set my timer. Wow. I just want to focus on paragraphs three and four, every one of those sentences. Um, starting with my friend sat before me. Um, a very dear friend sat before me and was gently and lovingly persistent in letting me know what was going on with her and how she had achieved a recovered state of mind and body by actually opening this book. We both had been in the rooms um, through another fellowship for many, many years and were stuck. And we didn't know why we couldn't achieve what had been called emotional sobriety. Um, doctors had pronounced him incurable. Uh, incurable means not likely to be changed or corrected. And that's how I felt about myself. I felt like I had tried everything. Um, my Amazon Prime book bill is evidence to all of the self-help books, the diet books, the every kind of book imaginable that I had bought and read and thought was going to fix me. Uh, society was about to lock him up. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. I wasn't about to be locked up, um, but I felt like a prisoner in my own body. Um, I felt trapped inside my own mind, and I didn't know what to do about it. I did believe in God, but I don't believe at that moment I believed that God could help me because I didn't know how to take the action necessary to do that. Um, listening to my friend and taking her up on her offer, I took a step. I took a step and I risked calling into these meetings. I risked announcing myself as a newcomer. I risked admitting that I didn't know what I was doing and I was able to set aside everything I thought I knew to that point. Once I did that, the glimmer of life and the glimmer of hope turned into a flame. And that flame is now uh, burning brightly in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit. And I feel as if I have something to carry to somebody else. That is not how it was for me before. I was always operating under my own willpower. And what I was sharing with people was... Uh, brokenness that had no um, sense of sanity around it. It was just what I thought I knew. Through this program and through my fellows, I know now that I have to depend on a power greater than myself. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass.
Thank you, Gina R. I will open it now for those that want to have discussion, focus discussion on paragraph three and four, page 11. Hi, this is Julie R. Hi, Julie. Carrie S. Carrie S. Hi. Mary B. Mary B. Anyone else? Deb A. Hi, Deb A. How about anyone else? Okay, let's go with Julie R. Hi, good morning, Julie. Hi, thanks, Melanie, for your service. Julie R. recovered in California. You know, the the part that hits me is that when it says, then he had, in fact, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. You know, the big book talks about, you know, the real compulsive overeater, and, and you know, that's me. I, I just didn't dabble in overeating. I mean, I was... Um, I am that addict it talks about. Um, yeah, the weight gain. I was 152 pounds overweight on a 5'2 frame. I ate like an animal. I snuck food, hid food, stole food, um, ate out of garbage cans. Um, you name it, I did it. And to where I am today, you know, I, I, I have been raised from the dead. I, I was dead. I had my soul was dead. My eyes were dead. When you would look at me, I was a soul in person. And where am I today? Yeah, I'm at a normal body weight, but I am alive. I enjoy life. I have hardships. I have disappointments. But never once do I think about turning to food. You know, I have my creator that I can go to because my creator is bigger than anything, bigger than this disease, bigger than anything that could possibly come in my way. But you know what? I had to get entirely abstinent first, you know, devoid of all alcoholic food so that I could hear and see the path that was always in front of me. And, you know, I worked this program like my my life depends on it because if I don't live in 10, 11, and 12, I'm going to be right back where it says I'm going to be back in the dead. I'm going to be back in that scrap heap. But, you know, it's exciting today because, you know, I wake up in the morning and my first thoughts are, thank God I'm alive. My last thought before I go to bed is, thank you, God, for another awesome day. So we do not have to live in that hell anymore. You don't have to eat. You don't have to take another compulsive bite if you just do what this book says. And, yeah, it, it all starts with, you know, your your entire abstinence, and then you move through this. But, yeah, life is good. Uh, life is exciting. And life is free from the bondage of food and free from the bondage of Julie, right? I mean, that, that my ego, my grandiosity, my manipulation, my dishonesty, by living this program, I, um, I see my stuff daily and I clean it up as it goes along the way. So I'm just excited to be here because I am alive. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie. Carrie S.? Star one, Carrie. Hi, this is Carrie S. Gratefully recovered in Golden, Colorado. And just so profound. Thank you so much for the reading and the service. Um, Dear, dear fellowship that we have. I wake up every day and, and I say the first step prayer we admitted. And that's what this reading brings me to. You know, it's step one. That, that Bill finds himself here, that his friend Ebby has found him. And um, 
suddenly taken from the scrap heap, definitely. Um, and my human will had failed me, you know, and I had in my margin, I have this star next to the word failed. And, and I have that that's my goal that, that I have to be able to be at the bottom and then I can identify that I'm not alone and connect with all of you on this daily, daily practice of, of checking in and listening. It's just been such a profound, profound um, progression. I know my, my disease, my disease is progressive, but what I've found is my recovery is just as progressive. And it's so amazing to, to, to have this daily connection. So um, really, really feel that God is moving in my life on a daily basis and that, thank God, my human will has been smashed that, you know, I've had that delusion smash and I'm so gratitude and my gratitude is so profound, just uh, galore, gratitude galore. Um, and, and I just want to bless and thank my guide who gave me the set aside prayer, you know, and gave me this profound opportunity to look at you know everything that I think I know about myself my disease this book these steps this fellowship the people in this fellowship you know that that I may set those things aside so I open my mind and have a new experience you know please God help me see the truth that 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 I will be done and my my guide asked me to look up the definition of each of the words the principles you know and you know had me write those those principles in the, my big book. And so um, that has been, that was like the profound beginning for me, you know, to really look at honesty and hope and faith and courage and willingness, humility, perseverance, all those things that we do on a daily basis. So super grateful here in Golden, Colorado. And thank you for this eight o'clock time and all the people that put that together. And if you're a newcomer, keep listening and keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Curious. Mary B. Good morning, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Okay, great. Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you everyone who has shared on the line this morning. I am Mary B., gratefully recovered in southwestern Arizona. And um, unlike Bill, who had some religious background, and Abby, who came from the Akron group, which was, oops, oops, <laughs> trying to set my timer, not, oops. there we go. I'm sorry. Um, I came into the program with no, with well, yes, I had a, a belief in a higher power. And that God to me was that old man in the sky who was out to get me and would punish me. That was all I had ever learned about God, that God would punish me. And unlike some people and many, many that I've heard over the years who came in, heard the word God and left the rooms, I didn't leave. I stayed. There were two things that kept me coming through thick and thin, through relapse and recovery, through um, all so many years. And one of those things was that I loved what I saw in the people who had that spiritual glow. 
I loved what I saw in them physically. I loved the look in their eyes. I loved the tone of their voice. I loved what they had. And the other thing that kept me coming, in my first 10 years, I ran away a couple of times looking for that elusive, easier, softer way, which I never found. And I was so convinced, I have been so convinced, and I am still so convinced that the only answer for me is in these rooms, is in this 12-step program of Overeaters Anonymous. And I am so grateful to still be here because I have found that higher power that I have a very personal relationship with. I am in recovery for a number of years. I have the opportunity to serve this wonderful vision for you. And I am so grateful to be here today. And thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B. Deb A. Good morning, Melanie. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Deb A., Recover Compulsive Overeater in Chicago. Um, these two lines I love, but my friend sat before me and he made point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. For so many years, um, I thought that I was so different and I thought that everybody had things that I didn't have. Um, I was... I felt like I was hopeless. And by listening to the people on the line, like even, um, well, everybody, but with Kim G and Harlan, I thought these were special people. They had something that I didn't have. And listening to them more and more, I think, had this power originated in him? Obviously, it had not. And I thought it couldn't have originated in him. Why would they have something, you know, everybody on the line have something more than I have? And it took me a while, but I realized that they didn't have something that I didn't have. They hit, They started in, from step one, and that's where I needed to start too, and that's where I needed to have a, a, um, a confidence and a faith in something greater than myself. And once I accepted that fact that I wasn't different and that, I, that they didn't have anything special other than what I had, or I had what they had, and it didn't originate in them, and it came from outside of them, something greater than them. Once I realized that and decided that and knew that I had that too, I was able to recover and, um, and go through the steps and, and be where I'm at today. And for that, I'm grateful. And thank you for allowing me to share with that. I passed. Thank you, Deb A. And before opening it up for additional comments, I'd like to make a brief convention promo, if I could please. A Vision for You will be hosting a convention in September, The Power of the Big Book, Convention 2017. And it will be held um, on September 15th, 15th through the 17th, at the Liberty International Airport Marriott. That's in northern New Jersey. And for all things convention, including a community bulletin board and contact information for your questions, please get this information on our website at www.avisionforyou.info. 
please spread this good news and information. Appreciate it very much. Let's continue on, please. Who would like to share on paragraph three and four for focused discussion? Jody, Paula D. I hear Jody and I hear Paula D. Well, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Jackie B. from New York. Hi, Jackie. Anybody else? Rose M. Hi, Rose. Hi. Anyone else? Natasha H. Natasha. Okay, Sharon. Sharon, That sounds good. Hi, Sharon. Okay, we'll wrap it with that. (laughs) Okay, we'll take one more. Wendy Wendy M. M. Gotcha, Wendy. Okay, let's start with Jody EQ. Hi, Jody. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jody EQ. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater and bulimic in California. So I just want to chime in here. His human will had failed. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and this was none at all. I, I too, you know, it's... It's no, um, you know, secret that uh, my my will had failed me when it came to food and other things too. I, my little small weak will is not is, is powerless over food and many other things. I need something gr- much greater than my little ego. I need a power greater than myself, which. When it comes to my food, is not only God, but also the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. I need you guys. If I were to go into the woods somewhere and, and be a hermit and pray 24 hours a day, I don't think that would be enough. I need you. I need God with skin on to be able to hear the message and carry the message. So yes, I have a very personal relationship with my higher power, but I also need to have relationships with other compulsive overeaters. Um, if I can't hear the message from a compulsive overeater, I can't carry the message to another compulsive overeater. And that is the cornerstone of my recovery, to be able to pass this thing on. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody EQ. Paula D, star one. Good morning. This would be Paula D. And right now, uh, currently, uh, Florida, happily may I add also to recovered by and with the grace of God. I'd like to circle these these, uh, two words and then encompass others. Like myself, there it is. Like myself, he had admitted complete defeat. Notice he added a word here, an adjective, complete. See, I admitted defeat many times, many times. But look at what he added, complete defeat. Until that comes, no, there's nothing else I can try. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm kind of an elevator kind of girl. Throw me on an elevator. Don't tell me to take the steps. The only way, the only way. And you don't stop with the top. Supposedly you stop with the bottom, but may I say, which is truly the top. But look at what he says. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead. Woof! Wow! Hey, Bill, we've gotten some real strong language here. Raised from the dead? To finally live? 
You see, I was dead while I was living. How does that happen? I was dead to who you were. It didn't really matter. You see, it was all my ego, who I was. But as we go on, suddenly taken from the scrap heap, this guy is so descriptive. And you notice he repeats it over and over again to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Listen, I am listening to the shears. I can tell you honestly, is my life better than I ever could have imagined? Yes, not because of the circumstances. Don't you dare go looking at the circumstances because I finally looked away and I saw what I had. I could live through the circumstances, not be dead in them. Thus, I could give, and as it says, then we could transmit. Had this power originated in him? Question mark. Not a statement. Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute. And this was none at all. How do you look at none and see everything? I thank you for this time given. I will listen closely, always learning. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Stephanie N. Am I, can you hear me? I can. Okay. This is Stephanie, recovered in Kansas. Um, Stephanie N. And the part that jumped out at me was also that he had been raised from the scrap heap. Um, it just makes me think of my life before I was just kind of existing. And I noticed after... I was recovered that we would go to parties we've been to every year. We have a bunch of different things that come up annually. And I would come home and say, that was the best Oktoberfest ever. That was the best whatever ever. And, and I was really living. I was enjoying the people, the company, the experience. And I wasn't just existing anymore. And um, it's just such a new way of living and of enjoying life. And I'm just so grateful the first thing I do every morning when I wake up is just to thank my higher power. And that's the first thing or the last thing I do before I go to bed. But all through the day, I think I say thank you a hundred times a day at least. Um, I just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful. And it doesn't matter how long, um, you know, how many uh, days or weeks or months. Um, it's just something that every day I'm just so grateful for. And um I don't want to take advantage of this gift. Um, anyways, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Stephanie N. Jackie B. Hi, I'm Jackie B. from New York City, recovered a compulsive overeater today. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you, everyone, for your service. I'm so grateful there's a meeting today. I'm grateful for a recovery today. Um, what I highlighted in this passage was um, his human will had failed. Like myself, I had to admit complete defeat. Um, that's where I'm at today. Um, today, regardless of where I'm at, I know that I am a compulsive overeater. I no longer debate that. I no longer question it. That's who I am. And in accepting that, I'm able to deal with life on life's terms. Today, I do have a God conscience today. Today, I don't just say, oh, well, it's okay. It's okay to omit things from my husband or my daughter or from work or from other people because it it's okay because they wouldn't understand or I can't 
deal with their reaction. What I do today is I reach out to my fellow compulsive overeaters and I say, listen, I'm feeling this. Do a 10-step. And with a 10-step, I realize, okay, I have to ask God for help and I have to trudge through it. I have to face it and, and go through it and then accept it. And that's how I feel God's power in me today. Um, so grateful for that. Uh, even now, I'm at work and my boss came over to ask me a question. At the same time, I'm waiting for my turn on this this thing. And you know what? I didn't lie. I said, listen, I'm in listening to a meeting and I have to you know, wait for my turn. And she said, oh, you're waiting for your cue? And even if she doesn't know what that means, she knows, for me, it means that my higher power is there. And we finished up in time for me to share. So with that, I want to thank everybody again. And no matter where you are in your program, it's worth it today. It's worth it to have a God conscience, whatever your concept or thought is about God so or higher power. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jackie B. Rose M., star one. Hi, um, this is Rose M. Um, I'm a very grateful compulsive overeater um, from the um, Philadelphia area, outside of Philadelphia. And um, when when I was looking at um, these two paragraphs, um, the thing I really um, was thinking about um, for me was um, step two. And um, I think when, when I, my belief structure is that, um, you know, I, I am Christian, um, you know, I, I had always believed that um, God could deliver me from hell and um, raise people from the dead. But then um, when I came into this program, I realized um, this clash. um, And I'm not sure I always believed that um, that God could restore me to sanity. Um, But then I was presented with, this question, you know, in step two, do I believe that God could restore me to sanity? And, um, you know, now I do um, because he did. And, um, you know, my, um, my will was failing me. And when I look at, um, when I look at um, how this third paragraph talks about um, admitting defeat and being in a scrap heap, I didn't, I just, oh. I I didn't realize how much of a scrap heap I was in. And I just get emotional about it because every day I'm reminded of that. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful I'm not in that scrap heap anymore. Because it hurt a lot more than I than I thought it did when I was in it. And um, you know, now I can be there for my son. I can um be there for my husband. I can live my life and not be in misery. And um, I'm just so grateful that, you know, I was released from that prison, um, just that prison of insanity and compulsive overeating. Um, I mean, I I really was. Um, and uh, I'm just so thankful for that um, every day. Um, and I know that this wasn't my own self-will um, that did it and brought me out of it, that it was, that it was God. Um, and when I realized, um, you know, what step two was all about, um, it, was, it was almost a relief for me um, that, that finally, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't up to me. It wasn't up to my self-will that was failing and not 
not saving me. I didn't have to save myself anymore. Um, so um, that's uh, that's what really struck me about um, about these uh, paragraphs. And I really am living a, a a life even better than I could have imagined. I mean, the best thing that I could imagine in my own human mind was maybe I'll lose some weight, maybe I'll keep it off for a while. I don't know. Um, but what this program has offered me um, and what I'm experiencing now is just just complete completely better, totally, infinitely better than I could have imagined. Um, and, um, you know, I'm very thankful for that. So um, I, I pass. And I don't know if I gave my first initial on Rose M. Thank, Thank you. you, Rose M. Thank you. Natasha R., star one. Hi, this is Natasha H. from San Diego. Um Thank you so much for having this meeting. This is my first time on it, and I'm uh, truly honored to to be a part of it. And um, in focus on these two paragraphs, I the sentence that really stands out to me is, but my friend sat before me, and this point right here, he made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. So he makes his point blank declaration that it's God. He doesn't give him a middle-of-the-road solution. He doesn't tell him, any you know false truths he just tells him the truth and like when you hear that truth and you see that change in someone like he's seeing in ebby like it's undeniable and i need to hear that truth because i've been in recovery before and people may have suggested that god is the power and at some level i was like yeah yeah go through the steps get abstinent but any moment that i um you know lost the weight and all of a sudden you know i wasn't you know, thinking that God was doing it any, or I, my, I wasn't in 10, 11, and 12, like it, it was fleeting and um, I was back in hell. So, I mean, I need to see that truth. I need to hear the, you know, I, I like when someone, you know, I, I sit across from someone and I tell them, you know, it's God, it's not going to be this, or it's not going to be that. And here's the way to get there, you know, through this step process. And, um, and every, and then down here where he was, um, you know, where the power had originated from, you know, obviously it, it was not, you know, in him and there was, there was none at all in Bill at that time. And there's been none at all in me. And every moment that I'm abstinent, like I have, like, I know that if I don't know that, that, that power is God, like every single, this moment, the next moment, the moment after that, the power is not coming from me. I had none at all. And, um, and I'm truly grateful for that truth in this process and these meetings. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Natasha H. Sharon H. Star one. Oh, thank you, Melanie. Um, this is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado, and I'm just going to zero in, too, on had this power originated in him. Obviously, it had not. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and this was none at all. And... Um, I just love that because that just speaks exactly what I needed to hear and what I needed to see after many years of trying to work this program my way and um, and my own agenda and my own strength, I finally had to reach that point that the power that was in me was absolutely none at all. And that's the first step. So then I must accept that there is 
some kind of a power, and God as I understand him or don't understand him today really, is what gives me that strength and that courage to do and follow the directions that are laid out in this book so that I may be set free from this bondage of food addiction and all of its devastating consequences. So I'm just so grateful to be on this line today, and I just want to welcome all the newcomers. Keep coming back. It does work. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Sharon H. Wendy M. Star one. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. And uh, Melanie, thank you so much for your service. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this. It's a bloody miracle that I found this. And But God has great plans. And I just wanted to comment on a few things here. Um, starting with like myself, he admitted complete defeat. And I think it's like myself. You know, going into the room 16 years ago, walking into my first room in Los Angeles, and hearing what I needed to hear and the identification, and I'm not alone, and we all have the same story, um, brought me so much uh, comfort and so much hope. But what I didn't do, it says here, admitted complete defeat, as as has been said earlier today. Um, I did not admit complete defeat. I took what I wanted and left the rest. So for 16 years, I slipped and slided, and I called myself abstinent, and that's fine. It's beautiful. It's part of the road. And those were 16 years of bites that I had to have. I, I had to have those bites. And those bites led me to 10 months ago seeing my sponsor, meeting my sponsor, and looking into her eyes and seeing the miracle. And she just kept saying, Wendy, you can have this. It's a miracle. And the only word I heard for the first month was miracle, miracle, miracle. And I could see it. And she said, it's going to start happening for you immediately. And the minute I put down my alcoholic foods, I was entirely abstinent. Um, The miracles just started. It was like a floodgate of miracles. And it was a floodgate of an entire psychic change. It was profound. Um, so I, and, and then the line here, um, a level of life better than the best he had ever known. I, I couldn't have imagined. I can't imagine. And it's only getting better. It's an unbelievable experience. And the good news is I'm not in charge. The good news is I have admitted complete defeat. And when I don't, I make a lot of 10-step calls. And then I go back to admitting complete defeat. And then it says here, a miracle directly, uh, yeah, so I sat, here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. And, um, you know, she said, if you want what I've got, you've got to do what I do. And it's got to be complete willingness and, you know, and a complete, um, what's the word, like um, I was willing to do absolutely anything. Um, My life depended on it. And I do anything she tells me to do because I'm willing to go to any length because my life depends on it. Um, So I'm just very grateful for the desperation that I had, that gift of desperation when I came in. Um, And if you are new, please don't go. Stay and listen and ask. And it's a program of action. Um, And that action that I take relieves me. And that action that I take gets me to God. It keeps me unblocked. 
um, every single day. And I just also want to say, if you are having a hard time right now, that it's easier to be entirely abstinent. It's harder to be in the food than it is to be entirely abstinent. Entire abstinence is easy breezy, and it's just the beginning. Thank you so much for letting me share today, and I pass. Thank you, Wendy M. Time will allow for, looks like, maybe three more who would like to comment on paragraph three and four, page 11. Judy M. Leah oh, M. Hi, Leah. Sherry KB. Hi, Sherry KB. Let's jo. go with that. Kathy Jo, we'll see if we can get that one in. We might be able okay. to, so hang tight. Thanks so much. So we have uh, Judy M., Leah M., Sherry KB, and possibly Kathy Jo. Thanks so much. Hi, Judy. Good morning. Um, this is Judy M., newly moved to Greenville, Tennessee, and I am effusively grateful, recovered, compulsive operator. Thank God who is my higher power. Um, when I first came into OA, which has been four decades ago, um, and I have not been absent 40 of those years, um, and they used the word spiritual, I was just like, it was a big affront to me. The word spiritual sounded like some kind of voodoo stuff because I was religious. And I had a higher power who was God, but that God had not helped me ever with my food problem. Um, when I walked in the door of OA, I knew I was an alcoholic, but it happened to be with food. That's all I knew. I arrived on OA's doorstep for the new diet that would help me. And over the years, I have learned the spiritual part of the program. And my God does help me with that. I had not been able to tap into it um, every day for years. And as, as I look back, it had been thousands of times I would pray before I got out of bed in the morning, God, I promise today I will stay on my diet. And of course, I couldn't until I got into the program. So the spiritual part of the program is where it's at for me. And I thank God for that, and I thank you all for being there. Bye-bye. Thank you, Judy M. Leah M. Thank you, Melanie. But my friend sat before me, and he made the point-blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for myself. You know, this is the message of depth and weight that a recovered person carries, whether it's in, you know, a situation one-on-one or on a line that is focused um, in carrying the the message of recovery, um, just like Abby did. You know, this is where the identification process is so important because Bill knew Abby well, and he knew how Abby drank, and he knew if Abby was staying sober, some power greater than Abby had to be working in Abby's life. Now, Bill is not liking this solution. You know, his mind snapped shut a couple of paragraphs ago, and, you know, he's still uh, he's still having a hard time, but he can't you know, argue with it that Ebby is sitting there sober and free and living proof of some power greater than Ebby is working in his life. And that's what we have to offer today when we talk to newcomers and when we come on a line um, such as this. We're living proof that some power greater than human power is working in our lives also. And whether the newcomer likes it or not is really beside the point um, it has worked for us, you know, and we're nothing special. You know, I remember having this conversation with someone 
whom I was sitting across from and whom the problem had been solved for him. And he didn't discuss the theory of the 12 steps. He taught me through his experience and through this text how to implement them. And, you know, hopefully newcomers go to meetings and they hear recovered people, all kinds of people, some tall, some short, some old, some young, black, white, oriental, the whole globe. And we're going to say that these steps transformed our life. Um, and, you know, that is the power of a message of hope and possibility. And the text affords everyone an unlimited choice of spiritual belief and action. It's a spirit of accommodation. Everybody can have this thing. You know, the question was for me, was my ideas of handling my disease working? And the answer was no, proof I had a plastic wristband around my left wrist. My idea was not working. The idea of needing a higher power was working for people. So I resigned from the debating society, I stopped arguing, and I started implementing these steps with the help of a guide. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Sherry KB, star one. Good morning. This is Sherry KB, uh, Recovered Compulsive Reader. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. And um, you know, I just want to say ditto to what Leah just said, and just that what jumps out at me also is um, that you know God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human aid, his human aid. Excuse me. His human will had failed. Um, what that reminds me of is my human will is a lot about my self-will, um, and I really believe that my self-will is the, the voice of my disease, and so I was always trying to do it my way, my way, and I would use every excuse in the world um, to do it my way, because maybe I didn't like when you talked about God. Maybe I didn't like when you said I had to rely on something greater than myself. And what I was relying on was my self-will and my disease, and the dif- that's the difference today. The difference today is that I've set aside my prejudices of what I thought people were talking religion, which this is not a religious program. This is a spiritual program, and we, we invite you to pick a higher power of your understanding, something that's greater than you are, whatever that looks like. And that is what has helped me is I had to set aside my prejudices I had to be willing to let go of my self-will. I had to be willing to be teachable and to get into this book and to work the steps in the way in which it's outlined in this book. And if you notice on page um, 9, at the bottom of the page, it says how the practical program of action, that it was two months ago that the result was self-evident. It worked. And so as it was said, This program can work for you. It worked for me. If you get into the steps, get a sponsor, get a step guide, get into the book, start reading the book, get into the steps, do it the way it is written out in this this book, and you will get recovery. Um, All of us can have it. And that's all I need to say, and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. Kathy Joel, you're up. Star one. Hi, this is Kathy Joel, recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis. And I'm going to say from a very early age, 
I decided that I would never be happy, that life was always going to be hard for me. That was at about age nine. And many times my disease told me it's because I was overweight. And then quite a few times I was thin. And I still was not happy. In fact, during those times, because I didn't have God, but I had this, didn't, I didn't have the food and I didn't have God, I was actually maybe even more unhappy then. So I sort of many times resonated to the thought that I will not be happy. That's how life is for me. Every once in a while, I would get, I don't know the word, other than maybe addictive highs in places where I thought, you know, if I get this much attention or if I get this many things or if I get this, I'd have some kind of, would last for a few moments and then it would be gone. So I spent most of my life miserable, depressed, negative. I loved reading stories about disaster and hurt and people dying and obituaries and negative, icky things. And I loved calling people and talking to them about bad things. And I called it twirling in the toilet and being with people and talking about all the people I was mad at and just living in a negative, gossipy, icky place. And I think a lot of the reason I stood there is I didn't think there was a chance for me. And then the light started to come in. And then the light started to come in more. And first I put down the sugar. I was on a plateau um, for quite a while until I came to Vision for You. And to believe now that I can be happy, I can be at goal weight, is beyond belief mind-boggling. And I am happy right now. Not perfect every single second, but I have happiness. We shall know a new freedom, and we will know happiness. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we shall know peace. Most of my happiness now comes from being of service, putting down the food, and being in the moment, and learning to rely on God rather than other people. I need to learn that over and over and over again. My happiness does not come. My help does not come. You are all examples for me, but you cannot do it for me. And I reach out to God today, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy Joe. Thank you to everyone that shared today. Our share ID today for Wednesday, March 1st is 9673, 9673. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Will Mary H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I will. I'm Mary H., a recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask them in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. 
and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.